now it's time for our daily Bloomberg Law Brief, exploring legal issues in the news. Today, Bloomberg Law host June Grasso discusses a split verdict in the trial of three former Nomura Holdings traders who are accused of conspiring to lie to clients about mortgage bond prices. She speaks to John Coffey, a professor at Columbia Law School. Jack, the jury acquitted the traders or deadlocked on everything but the conspiracy charges. They found Michael Grammans guilty of conspiracy, Tyler Peters not guilty, and they deadlocked on conspiracy as far as Rod Shapiro. What does that show? Well, let's just underline how severe a defeat this was in reality for the government. There were 27 counts. They got a conviction on one of those 27, three, as you said, were hung, and 23 were acquittals. Moreover, this case follows an earlier Connecticut case in January involving Jesse Litvak, who was also charged with 10 counts of very similar kind of misconduct. And there, the jury acquitted on nine, convicted on one. So it looks like the government's having a great deal of difficulty convincing the jury that there's something truly culpable here. Uh, and I think the fact that they convicted Michael Grammons uh, may be explained by his being the only defendant where they had a tape recording of him instructing others on how to lie to the clients. That evidence really hit the jury, whereas every other case, the witnesses testifying for the government were cross-examined, and they had to admit they had done the same thing and looked equally bad. All that, I think, left the jury pretty confused. Jack, does this show that the jury didn't buy the theory that the puffing and lying by bond traders is fraud, or that the prosecutors just didn't give the jury enough evidence? Well, we'd have to interview the jurors to really answer that. But do recall that in a securities fraud case, you have to prove not simply that the defendant broke a legal rule. You have to prove that he willfully did so, that it was his deliberate intent to violate the law. And that may have looked grayer, particularly in the case of the junior employees, who looked like they were just taking instructions from their superiors. So the willfulness problem here, it may have been the biggest obstacle, because one, a defendant did look like he'd willfully done this, and they did convict him on at least one count. But uh, it does look like the government has difficulty explaining why this behavior is truly criminal when the defendants keep saying everybody was doing it. That's John Coffey, a professor at Columbia Law School, speaking to Bloomberg Law host June Grasso. And you can listen to Bloomberg Law weekdays at 1 p.m. Wall Street time here on Bloomberg Radio. And now among the top legal stories from Bloomberg Law, the Supreme Court could say as early as today whether it will take up a high-stakes fight over electoral maps. Democrats in Wisconsin have challenged their Republican-drawn boundaries for state legislative districts. A federal court has struck down the districts as unconstitutional, saying they were drawn unfairly to minimize the influence of Democratic voters. Jury selection begins today in the corruption trial of Philadelphia's top prosecutor. District Attorney Seth Williams is accused of taking bribes, such as a vacation trip and a sports car, in exchange for legal favors. Williams has denied any wrongdoing. He has decided not to seek a third term as district attorney. And that is this morning's Bloomberg Law Brief. You can find more legal news at BloombergLaw.com and BloombergBNA.com. Attorneys will find exceptional legal research and business development tools there as well. Visit BloombergLaw.com and BloombergBNA.com for more information.